Sophie Hardy and the Battle of the Myriad by M. R. Dale Narrated by Leona Hall Chapter 9. What's the Plan? As soon as she lay down on the bed, Sophie was transported to the corridors at Scope. She surveyed the one she'd been put in, but there was no sign of non-Avatar King, who wasn't doing the press conference. Just the long, white corridors with random doors and panels on the wall. She logged out and back in again to try and find him in a different one. No use. She kept trying and trying different corridors or rooms in an effort to locate him, but it was the same every time. While she was doing this, she got a message from Clara saying she had got to Zapfor, but the Encantado was undisturbed, and Yasmin saying that neither King nor Miss Sissons were in the main control room. As with a few days ago, though, Sophie thought she felt something in her avatar pocket when she zoned a couple of times, but every time she checked her pocket, she found nothing. After about ten minutes and the ninth attempt, Sophie saw the unmistakable figure of regular avatar Alton King. Sophie had been right to assume that he had used an ill-looking avatar to create a feeling of pity at the press conference, walking towards her down one of the long white corridors near the main entrance. Not wanting to wait for him to walk to her, or for him to turn and flee in the opposite direction, Sophie decided to zone out again and put herself right in front of him. Although he had a ten-year-old girl appear out of thin air right in front of him, Sophie thought that King was remarkably calm, almost like he had expected Sophie to show up. There was still something off about him. Sophie assumed the press conference hadn't bothered him as much as he'd made out on stage and that it was all just an act because he was frightfully relaxed and in control for someone who might just be about to lose his life's work. King simply looked at Sophie and waited for her to speak. Sophie did her best to appear unfazed and got straight to the point. We can't let you take him. We need him. King's look changed from calm to confused. I beg your pardon, he asked. You can't take him to save your company. He knows where Clara's parents are, Sophie said back, with a bit more panic in her voice. King smirked, closed his eyes and shook his head at the realisation of what the young girl was telling him. Sophie, I don't want that pet that you keep locked away because you think it can help you. Sophie was thrown completely off guard. The three girls had rushed to a conclusion and apparently it was the wrong one. But, Sophie stuttered, I don't want him. There are millions of creatures out there. The public won't be convinced by just one. Sophie knew King was clever. From her own experience, she knew that he often had something hidden up his sleeve and so she trod as lightly as she could with her questions. You don't want the Encantado? she asked, already guessing the answer. King shook his head once again. No, Sophie. What I want are more agents that can protect both my company and the planet as a whole. You want ones you can control? Sophie asked, mightily confused as it seemed he was completely contradicting what Miss Sissons had said. I want ones that can get the job done. You messed up and now my company and the world could be about to pay the ultimate price, King said, not at all impressed by what he'd seen from Sophie and the others so far. Sophie. Have you heard from Kingsley? he asked, seemingly changing the subject on a whim before Sophie could continue with her questions. Having a strange feeling that King already knew the answer to that, Sophie shook her head. I suspected not. Here are his messages that he has sent in the last few days. 
I had them blocked from you so that I could analyse them myself because I didn't want you and your friends going into this highly dangerous situation where you could make the whole thing even worse for all involved. Sophie wanted to argue that King had just upped and left seven weeks ago, seemingly leaving them in charge of scope for themselves, and that he had only come back because he didn't like the way the girls were running it, but before she could say anything, King zoned out in front of her for a split second and zoned back in again, almost as quickly catching Sophie off guard. As soon as he arrived back in the room, red light started to flash in Sophie's eyeline. Read those with the others in private and see what Kingsley has found. I'll be in the control room awaiting your arrival. I don't want to have to say the same thing three times, so hurry them up. He started to walk off away from Sophie. Bring your sister, he shouted back to her. I've messaged Jasmine and Clara the same information I've just given you. See you soon. King continued to walk up the corridor, not in the slightest bit concerned about Sophie's thoughts. This was clearly a man on a mission who didn't have time for any distractions but almost certainly knew more than he was letting on. Because of this, Sophie didn't want to try and preempt him and so did as she was asked and didn't open the Kingsley messages but her intrigue as to why King had kept them secret suddenly spiked. Zoning back into her bedroom, Sophie found Clara still zoned out but Yasmin sat at the end of her bed waiting impatiently. Also, the bedroom door was being propped open by Lizzie, who had clearly had enough of watching the television. Have you read them? Sophie asked Jasmine. Not yet. I've only just read the first one from King saying to meet you here, she replied. Read what? Lizzie asked. Doesn't matter, Yasmin responded. Sophie looked at her sister and thought back to King's request to bring her along. Lizzie had barely left the house in the ten days she'd been eleven mostly because Mum was being useless, but also because she had no life experience apart from the conversation she had shared with her previously much older sister and so therefore didn't really know how to act or behave if she did go outside. With the other three girls and hopefully Miss Sissons to keep an eye on her, Sophie reached the conclusion that surely giving Lizzie this lease of life wouldn't be too much of a bad thing and even if it did turn out to be horrible, they could always simply stop her from coming by removing any device she was using or, if it got a bit too much for her, they could get her to zone back into the flat. Yes, it does, Sophie replied, while feeling that twisted stomach-turning emotion again. Every time Sophie looked at Lizzie in the last few days, it had brought back flashes of Desmerelda when she had cast her magic all over the world. The look of hatred in the changeling's eyes when Sophie had failed to deliver Kingsley. Sophie knew it was her fault that all those children had aged that day, but by helping Lizzie now, it might make herself feel a lot better and in some minute way, go some way to redeeming what she had caused. Feeling like a slight weight had been lifted off her shoulders as she had finally come to a decision about her sister, but stomach still turning, Sophie looked through her desk drawer and dug out the implant that had been given to Kingsley as a temporary measure when he had gone all changeling on the playground last week. Lie down on the floor and put this on the side of your head, Sophie said confidently. Lizzie didn't really react at all. Thank you, she asked, not believing what Sophie was giving her. Sophie simply nodded and explained that it might take a minute or two to get her bearings and that she would have to forward all the messages to Lizzie to catch her up. Just follow what we do, Sophie said with a stern smile. Nothing could have prepared Sophie for Lizzie's response. Lizzie looked at what was in her hand and then at Sophie, who was smiling, waiting for Lizzie to jump for joy. She didn't. 
Lizzie continued to not make eye contact with any of them and sat herself down on the floor, leaning against the bed. Sophie then looked to Yasmin for clarification that what she was witnessing was actually happening. Yasmin reflected Sophie's baffled look. Thank you again, Lizzie said as she sat on the floor and put the implant on the side of her head. Sophie shrugged at Yasmin and Yasmin shrugged back. The lack of emotion from Lizzie was baffling to the girls. She should have been jumping for joy, but instead she remained as straight-faced as she always was. Just then, Sophie weirdly instantly became quite worried about her sister and the stomach feeling returned, though this time it felt different. It didn't feel like her fault. Lizzie was unlike anyone she had ever met, and in that instant it struck Sophie just how different Lizzie was. Sophie smiled as her sister zoned out on the floor, her face as unemotional as ever. She couldn't explain why, but in that moment, she loved her sister in a way that she hadn't loved any of her other family members. Lizzie was different, but Sophie didn't care. She was her sister, and Sophie wanted to do her best by her. It was the right decision to take her to Scope, and Sophie could now feel it. All this time, reading up on mythicals, Sophie had neglected to read up on how humans could be different, yet wonderful, and she vowed then and there to take care of Lizzie and do whatever it would take to help her navigate through the world, whatever dangers and experiences it may bring. After all, Sophie was probably the closest thing Lizzie had to her mum. It was getting a bit crowded on Sophie and Clara's bedroom floor now, but the now quartet zoned into Scope Control Room to see what adventure awaited them this time. The quartet, of course, became a trio when Yasmin disappeared due to her being an avatar. The stomach-churning feeling that had been causing Sophie so many problems all but subsided due to the distraction, but Sophie subconsciously knew it would surely not be long before it came back. Sophie Hardy Saga was written and produced by Emma Dale and narrated and produced by Leona Hall. If you enjoyed it and would like to continue to follow the adventures of Sophie and her friends in coming episodes, then please subscribe through one of the many podcast providers out there. The links for each of these can be found on our website. If you require more information, visit our many social media channels, or if you would like to purchase a copy of the book, then be sure to check out our website, www.sophiehardysaga.com. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy.